How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Elbows Up podcast. In episode 15, we're going to be doing another episode of uh, Would You Rather. So we each prepared a list of uh, both forwards and defensemen, but this time they're current players. And uh, we're going to share them with each other, and then we're going to rank them from one to four. So we got four total. Uh, we provided two each. Uh, but before we get into any of that, I'm with my co-host, Keen Kilback. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing good. Just watching a lot of hockey lately. It's, it's getting pretty exciting. Just down to the wire here, just the, the playoff race, everything just, you can kind of feel in the games, the intensity is building up. It feels more like playoff hockey, you know, like the fans are really getting into it. There was a lot of fights, like today in that Bruins game, there was a couple good fights. Frederick one-punched a guy, which is pretty good. They almost knocked him out. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's, I'm watching a lot of hockey, getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, definitely an exciting time to be a hockey fan, but it's also an exciting time to be a baseball fan as well. Uh, the day we're recording this, uh, it's opening day, so uh, whoever you're a fan of, the Blue Jays or Mariners or other teams, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun and just it's good to yeah. have baseball back. But uh, um, yeah, we're going to get into some NHL news before our Who Would You Rather, and we're going to start out with uh, Philip Hedl from the Rangers signed a four-year, uh, 4.4375 annual average extension. Uh, big deal for this guy, but I like it a lot. To get him locked up for four years, I, I think is a really good deal. And uh, they didn't pay too much at all for him. Uh, so I, I like this deal a lot, um, especially with the guys that they got on their team with Fox and Panarin and the new additions of Kane and Tarasenko. It's, it's good to have some budget deals like this. Yeah, I, I like the the signing a lot. Like He's been really good this year. It's kind of a breakout year for him. And he, just on the third line too, like he's not getting that much ice time he's playing on that third line the kid line with uh Lafreniere and Kako and I think he's definitely the best player on that line like right now he's got 22 goals and 42 points in 66 games this year so definitely a breakout year for him those are really good numbers on the third line and I think you know just being a young guy a former first round pick I think that's a good sign he's just going to keep progressing and getting better and better yeah for sure and like the Rangers have really good depth, and that's been a really strong suit of them, uh, of theirs for not just this season but also last season. Uh, speaking of this season, they've they've clinched the playoffs just this week too. So, um, yeah, they're they're looking to make another deep playoff run, and uh, like we said earlier, Kreider and Zabanajad, Panera in that top line, uh, yeah, they're they're still looking good, and sometimes they they kind of are mixing up the lines. They they take Kreider off Panarin's line, they put Kane in there, but. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a combination of, of those three uh, during the playoffs just because it has been so good. Yeah, I, I think all of them are just getting better with each other. Like, it's, it's a good idea to play them alongside each other. I feel like a problem with the Rangers right now is, like, they just, like, they're, they have too many riches, if you know what I mean. Like, they just, you can't, they don't have the open roster spots to give these young guys a big enough chance. Like, you got Kane and Tarasenko now along with Panarin and Kreider and so many guys, like you know, there's just no way to give them all the ice time they deserve. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if Kako and Lafreniere ever do become elite players because it's, it's going to be hard for them to do that playing on the third line. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, not just for the development, but also just for like their, their future with the team. Do they see themselves as someone as a bottom six forward behind those guys? Because they're, they're not going to move up uh, unless someone gets hurt or traded, right? So if, if they're all right with being third liners and they might win a couple of cups with the team, but uh, if they want to get paid and they want to have a bigger role, more power play minutes, uh, they're going to have to go somewhere else. So that'll be really interesting to see. 
But another team that also clinched playoffs this week was uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they've been in the playoffs the last couple of years, but it's been the same result every single year. Uh, this season is looking very promising, although they're probably going to go against the Lightning in the first round. Uh, I think Leafs fans are always optimistic, and the same goes for this year. Uh, so I really hope the Leafs get out of the first round. I'm not even a Leafs guy, but uh, it, it kind of be just be nice to like kind of get this joke over with. Like, I, I want to see the best players go through, and uh, I don't know. As much as I also want to see the Leafs go through, I just don't really want to see Tampa go through anymore either. They've had their their run the last couple of years, and it's it's exciting to get new teams in there. So uh, I think for just for a combination of uh, the Leafs wanting to, or I want the Leafs to win, and also want the um, I also want the Lightning to lose. Yeah, I've never been a Leafs fan. <laughs> like I think it's kind of funny they're the curse almost like how they get eliminated every year. I mean, I, I feel a little bad for Leafs fans, but like, it's just, it's just funny. Like every year, it's just the same story. And then, and then it's like the fans just forget about it. And now they're like, Oh, we're going to win the cup this year. Now, like it's just the same thing every year. So it, it's, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them move on though. Like, especially over Tampa, because like you said, I'm almost getting sick of Tampa playing in, what is it, July, like at the end of July or whatever, the Stanley Cup final every year. It's three straight years. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Leafs beat them out and finally, you know, break their curse. Yeah, and especially if the Leafs do get by, they're probably going to play against the Bruins in the second round. So how crazy would that be? Like, first time the Leafs are getting through, they're going against the Bruins, and the Bruins are probably going to sweep the wildcard team. They're going to be just humming along, right? So that'll be a really good series. But uh, also, speaking of the Bruins, uh, they just got the president's trophy today so uh like you said they they had their victory over the columbus blue jackets so i believe they got 121 points on the season now and they still got uh seven games remaining uh this is a team that could probably get like 130 points uh and that would break the record of of the lightning with 128 in in a long long time so uh yeah it'd be awesome for the bruins to to do that and um I feel like this is probably one of the best teams that, that we've seen the last couple of years. For sure. I mean, I wonder like how high up on the list they are for like quickest team to clinch the president's trophy, because I don't know if I've ever seen a team win it this early. I mean, I mean, I guess there's only like eight games left in the season for most teams, but still it's usually even later. Like I think back a couple of years ago when the avalanche played the golden Knights in the last game of the year and that game decided who won the president's trophy like so usually it's close to the end of the year not like a couple weeks out so it's crazy the season that boston's had it's really historical it'll be interesting to see if they pull like a tampa bay lightning from 2018-19 and just choke in the first round or if they kind of ride the unbelievable season they've had and just win the cup yeah i i agree like i'm not sure if a president's trophy winner has like ever won the cup like it's been so long and uh, like if they have won a cup, it's been like decades ago. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, like, this is definitely the best president's trophy team that we've seen in the last couple of years. So are, are they going to fall into that curse as well? Or are they going to be strong enough to, to get through all the way to the cup? But um, for me, I think the only reason I don't see the Bruins winning the cup is if the Rangers and the Leafs or even the lightning or, uh, whoever they get in the first round in that crazy wild card race, whether it's Islanders or Pittsburgh, um, if they just beat up on them too much, like if the uh, if the Bruins are constantly going 
six games, maybe seven games every once in a while. Like they're going to be gassed by uh, by the finals, and they also don't have the youngest team in the league. They they got a pretty old core, you know, with Krejci, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak's kind of in the prime of his, of his career, and uh, they they got young defensemen as well. So that's definitely a plus. But another question mark is their goaltending, and I, I no one said that at all this year because Allmark's just been lights out. But playoff hockey is different, and how many goalies have we seen the last couple of years who are just studs in the regular season and they get to the playoffs and they just don't know what to do? Like, look at Markstrom last year. He he had like like the most shutouts in the league and he had like most shutouts uh, by a goalie in a season in like in quite some time and uh, he just laid an egg uh, against the uh, against the Oilers. He was giving up eight goals a game and stuff like that. And that's that's a pretty uh, pretty proven goaltender. While Allmark, I, I don't think is as proven as Markstrom at that time, but. Uh, in saying that, Allmark's having a way better season than Markstrom did last year, obviously, right? So it's hard to compare uh, to compare those with the players in front of them. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I definitely still got the Bruins going all the way to the Cup Final and probably even winning the Cup. But um, if there were any reason for them not to win it, I, I think that's why. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Allmark doesn't really have any playoff experience at all, right? Like, I think... He, he, the Bruins made the playoffs last year. I don't even remember if he was the starter or if it was Swayman, but like, yeah, Allmark spent most of his career with Buffalo. Obviously, they never made the playoffs. So, for sure, it'll be interesting to see a lot of these goalies. You never know what's going to happen, whether they are veterans or not. Like, it's just the playoffs are a completely different breed, like you said. And I wanted to talk to you about the playoff format right now. Like, you know, we, we just talked about the Leafs and the Lightning. And how they're going to be playing each other in the first round. We've known this for months, you know, because mm-hmm. they've been second and third and so far behind Boston. It's pretty much been a guarantee all year. I, w- I want to hear your thoughts about the wildcard format compared to the one versus eight, you know, conference format that it used to be. I know that Crosby's came out and said, even even he said in an interview that he liked the old format better, the one versus eight, because, and, and even Stamco said this a couple of years ago, that just it just sucks having like a really good team eliminated in the first round every year because of the way that it's set up. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this format? Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty much like, I'm open to a lot of things. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, I guess I'm not a hater on the format we have now, but something that I could see kind of interesting is uh, similar to baseball. If we could have a wild card game in the NHL, like having really? those two teams battle it out just to get into the playoffs and then they got to play one game or even like a best of three uh, just to uh, just to, you know, move on. And that would that would uh, remain seven teams, uh, seven teams with this current format. So maybe the, the first team in the Western Conference or in the Eastern Conference, they get a bye to the second round. And then from there, uh, from there you go. But uh, one of my favorite things about baseball is the wildcard game and the playoffs, right? So uh, it's just so electric. There's so much on the line. Um, it, it's probably one of the most important playoff games until the World Series, just because it, 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 it's win or go home, right? So uh, that's something that I would be interested in. Um, as far as the 1-8, to eight, I also like that. Um, but I, I think if it, if it was 1-8 to eight, um, and it, they didn't introduce a wild card, because I've never really heard of the wild card uh, thing around the league with Batman or any other players introducing it. Um, realistically, I would like to see the one to sixteen format. Uh, these guys play each other a lot during the season, and I don't know. Like for me, like I, I've seen the Jets play the Wild 
like 10 times this season. I, I've seen the Jets play like the, the Golden Knights four times this season. As far as a first round matchup, I don't think that would be as exciting or as uh, like as interesting from a fan's perspective. But And I, I think you would see a lot more upsets, which is maybe good or bad for the game. But I think a 1-16 to format would be really cool. And uh, maybe maybe uh, you have to lengthen the playoffs out a little bit longer just for travel and everything. But I think 1-16 to would be something like we've never seen before. And it would be really good for the game. Wow. I mean, both of the things you brought up are very interesting. Like, firstly, with the wild card, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. I mean, similar to baseball, how if you have an elite pitcher, it can just basically win you the game if in single knockout right similar to that in hockey if you have a really good goalie i mean if you think of like the islanders they're kind of barely in the wild card right now if they were to say play the penguins i wouldn't like pittsburgh's chances because of sorokin even though i do think pittsburgh's a better team but you know sorokin is probably just gonna shut down the door so it's definitely a very interesting concept I, i i don't know Obviously, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Like, like you said, Batman's never, like, it's never even been rumored or brought up at all. So, but it's still interesting to talk about. And for the one v sixteen, I disagree with you on that. I, I really like the, <laughs> I like the one versus eight because, like, I wish I would bring back the one versus eight because I think it has, like, it has the rivalry still, right? Like, it's not like I don't know. There, there's just not that many east versus west rivalries anymore like for sure i mean i guess there's like detroit and colorado because detroit's in the east now but that's kind of an older rivalry so most of the rivalries are in your division or conference so i do think they should keep it like that and i and i kind of like how it's like the best from each conference plays each other in the finals but it would still be interesting to see a one versus 16 yeah i i I see both points with that like uh, for example, like like we said earlier, Lightning versus Maple Leafs this year. Uh, you can look at it from two perspectives. Is one perspective is probably the more positive perspective, and saying we get to see this series again. Like last year, we went to seven. It was an amazing first round series, uh, and one team get, can get the revenge, right? Or you can look at, at probably the more negative perspective and saying like, how many years in a row do we want to see the same teams play against each other? You know, like we we don't know if. Uh, if the Leafs are better than anyone out, out West in the first round. And um, I think another thing that would help the one to 16, uh, at least like the higher seeds is that the Bruins wouldn't have to battle some of these teams going through uh, to, to get their way to the Stanley cup final. Like for example, uh, the top four teams in the league right now are all in the Eastern conference where if every higher seed won, uh, those would be the, the conference finals or like the semifinals. Right. So I, I think it's pretty clear to say that uh, like you want the best teams in the, in the conference finals. And if you have a team squeak by like, like Dallas or something like that, get to the conference finals, like, you know, they're not the top four best teams in the league. So at the end of the day, I just want to see best on best. And whether that means uh, going one to 16 or, or a different road, I, I feel like you got to reward regular season play more and rewarding the Boston Bruins with the Rangers in, in the second round or the conference finals, I, I don't think is the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think that 1v8 is a good middle ground, just because I do think that it will result in less divisional matchups, you know, like, because, you know, it can be whatever, like... Uh, the crossover from the wild. Yeah, like Metro versus the Atlantic. Like, it can be 
a- any of those teams in those divisions playing against each other. It's not always going to be, you know, the second place team in the division versus the third place team. So, you know, some years you might see a cross matchup in every single, like, you know, matchup in the whole bracket, right? So I think the 1v8 is good middle ground, but I, I do totally agree with you that regular season success isn't like valued enough. Like it's, it's like, like why have such a long season and then not reward the teams that were the best in the regular season more? Like, I, I think like a team like Boston, they're not really getting rewarded that much for having one of the best seasons, regular seasons ever. Right. Like they're, sure. they're, they're going to play the penguins, probably the, the last wildcard team. And they're probably going to sweep them. But then after that, I mean, it's gonna. They're gonna be up against a great team. So I, I, I do think that that's a good point that you bring up. Yeah, like if they get by by the Penguins, and which I think everyone is assuming they will, uh, if the Penguins are that team, they're gonna have to play either the Leafs, who are having a great year. They're gonna be fourth in the league. In in the second round, they're playing the fourth best team, one v four in in regular season standings. Or you play against the twelfth best team in the league, which sounds a little bit better. But that 12th best team in the league won back-to-back cups three years ago, and they went to the cup, uh, the cup final last year. So are you really getting an advantage over any of those teams, or are you just kind of getting the short end of the stick because your division is so good? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing to remember, though, is that Tampa Bay is like sixth place in the East, I think, right now. So, I mean, even if there were like a one versus eight, sixth place would be playing like, what, third place, right? So... That's just how stacked the East is. Like everybody thinks of Tampa as like a top three team or whatever, but I mean they're sixth place in the East, right? So it, it kind of just it sucks that they're because they're better than sixth place, right? Like we know this from last yeah. year in the playoffs. Like the Leafs finished above them last year in the regular season too, but obviously Tampa is still the better team. I think that's when you bring in the one v sixteen though. Like if one division is a lot stronger than the other, you'd have like Hurricanes versus the Kraken rather than. Hurricanes versus Rangers second round, right? Like that that sounds like a lot better. And maybe the first couple of rounds would be more boring for fans because they are a lot they're a lot more predictable. But I think it'd be worth it in the end when you have a final of Bruins Hurricanes or Bruins Rangers or or Leafs Devils or something like that. I think that would be more rewarding. Uh not saying that the West is bad or anything. Like they obviously got the cup champs from last year, but Vegas is the first team in the West and they're tied for fifth in the league. Right. So definitely, definitely a separation between those four teams. But um, as far as wildcard talk, we got a huge wildcard race in both uh, conferences. Uh, as of this podcast, the Kraken are in the number one wildcard spot with 88 points uh, in 73 games, while your Winnipeg Jets have 85 points in 75 games. Uh, Knocking on the door, we got the Calgary Flames with 83 points in 75 games, and not far behind them, we got the Nashville Predators with 82 points in 74 games. To me, I think Seattle's got a place uh, in the playoffs pretty much locked up. I, I don't see them uh, losing their their four point lead over uh, over over Winnipeg and and Calgary, but I think that second card, second wild card spot, I should say between. Uh, the Jets and Flames, and even Nashville, if they can kind of heat up here in the last couple of games, uh, is definitely up for grabs. The Jets haven't been playing like a playoff team, and neither have the Flames, to be honest. Obviously, I want the Jets to make the playoffs. 
I do think that if they can play to the best of their abilities, they could potentially force a game, uh, force a game seven or something like that. But if they're playing like this, I think it's in the best interest for the Jets just not to make the playoffs. And as painful as that is to me to say that, this is a really deep draft and losing in four games to Vegas, if we're going to keep playing like this, doesn't really make much sense. And I know that pick might only be like two spots ahead or four spots ahead, but we haven't earned it. We were first in the Western Conference in January and now we're battling for a second wildcard spot. I think the message has been sent to the team already. I know Rick Bonus is really upset with, with the boys, but um, yeah, like I think there's positives and, and negatives to each situation. So um, obviously I want to see Jets playoff hockey and I, I know how they can play. So that still gives me some, some light at the end of the tunnel, but if they're going to keep playing like this, what's the point of making the playoffs and just losing, losing in eight days? Yeah. I mean, the Penguins are in a very similar situation. I just think that now with the new rule in place that in the lottery, you can only move up a maximum of 10 spots. I think it is. So you would have to be in the bottom 11 teams to get the first overall pick. And the Jets can't really follow that low anymore. And the same can be said for the Penguins. So I just think, I don't know, as a Penguins fan, and with them in the second wild card right now, I would still, rather than make the playoffs, because, you know, even if they don't, what's the difference going to be between picking 14th overall and, you know, 16th overall, right? Or 17th. I just don't think there's going to be that much difference. And if there was a player that you wanted that badly, you could trade up a few spots, I guess, right? That's so, true. I would still rather make the playoffs, even if the Penguins were to lose again. It's still just playoff hockey, and I guess it keeps the Penguins streak going. But I don't know. I mean, like you said about the Jets falling off, like the Penguins are going through the exact same thing. They're just—it's weird. It just—it feels like none of them really care anymore. Like, yeah, it, it just seems like they've kind of already won their championships. And besides, like Crosby, everybody's kind of just checked out like a lot of guys especially like jeff carter and even malkin at times they just seem disinterested like they're just not they don't have that drive so like you can really tell like like the penguins should be fighting for their lives right now right like they're in the second wildcard spot only one point ahead of florida they could easily lose lose out on that final spot and it just they, they just don't seem like they care enough you know like a lot of games they're just there's just not good efforts at all so i i kind of agree that i don't think the penguins deserve to make the playoffs either same with the Winnipeg Jets yeah it's really tough to say that but like uh that's they just, they just don't deserve it uh, as a hockey fan they don't deserve it but uh, you know as as a fan of our teams we obviously want to see them play playoff hockey all right so now we're going to go into our main segment of this week's episode uh it's a who would you rather part two uh we kind of briefly explained the rules earlier in the episode but how we're going to do this is we each prepared two lists, uh, one of current forwards and one of current defensemen. And uh, each list has four players on them, and we're just going to rank them from one to four. So uh, commonly in these episodes, especially with the current players, uh, we don't do the best players in the league because we've already stated who we think are the top 10 best players in the league. Uh, so a lot of these guys are kind of all-stars or borderline all-stars or guys who are having really good years just this year. So um yeah, we're not really focusing on the best players in our game, but more just of uh, the all-stars and maybe the borderline all-stars, like I said. So what do you say? Should we just get started with your current forwards list? 
Yeah, and on the topic of like top ten players and all, I would like to revisit that topic again, like say in the off season, because my list has already changed quite a bit. Like especially for Sentiment, there's been a couple guys that since we made that list have been unbelievable. You, you probably can think of who they are. Some of them are like in the top ten in scoring right now, but yeah, that Rope Hints pick is looking a little bit uh, less valid. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have him in my top ten anymore, but I would still have him right on the outside looking in. All right. <laughs> people people still sleeping on him. But anyways, getting into our first, who would you rather? Uh, we made one for current forwards and current defensemen this time around. And starting with mine is forwards. I have four guys who kind of have a little bit in common here. They're young American forwards. I have Trevor Zegers, Cole Caulfield, Matthew Boldy, and Matty Beneers. So those four young guys who look to be stars in the future, how, how who would you rather between those guys? I think I'm going to go from four to one. Um, number four, I got Matt Boldy. Uh, he's had, he's had a really good year this year. And like we said, uh, I, I think that he really deserved that extension. Um, I think his numbers are slightly inflated just because of the team he plays on though. And, uh, you can't knock the guy for that. <laughs> you can't hate on him for playing on a good team, obviously. But um, I, I think I got to put him up for he, he's really good all around, which I, I really value. Uh, he, he seems like he's really good defensively, so that's obviously something that I, I, I value. His offensive game is also very good. Uh, he's got like twenty plus goals and like forty plus points this year, so having a really good season. And I don't see his stats going anywhere, uh, anywhere but up. But at number three, I got Cole Caulfield. Uh, he's showing what he can do uh, both in the regular season and the playoffs. The guy just scores goals. And I think Marty St. Louis has been a huge help to him this year. Uh, obviously, he's been out for over half the year with the injury. And uh, whether you want to say that's tanking or not, um, he's been out. So, uh, But yeah, we've seen what he, what he can do. Uh, and I, I think his style really fits today's game. So I, I, don't, uh, I don't see his production going down any any uh at all either for him i am a little bit concerned about uh the longevity uh during the playoffs for him uh just saying that he is a smaller guy and although his his style fits today um he he is like he's five seven or five six or something like that right so he's not a big guy so uh against those like big defensemen in the corners and and during heavy hockey uh over the course of his career i'm not sure how that's going to age in the playoffs um like, like I kind of said, I'm kind of going back on myself, but um, he had a really good playoffs, but they only went like two or three rounds, right? So um, we'll see how that goes. But for my number two, I got Matty Beneers. Uh, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him this season, and I think for sure he's the the, the caller favorite. Um, we, we've kind of compared him to Bergeron in the past, and I, I think that's a really good comparison. And... Uh, the the reason why I have him at number two is that he's really good, but I think he needs another guy on his line to uh to kind of push the team into like a really good, a really good playoff team, um and he's obviously doing everything he can with the Kraken and there, he's a huge reason reason if not the reason why they're in the playoffs this year, but uh, similar to Bergeron, I don't see him having the success uh, that he can without a without a Marchand or without a, a Pasternak right so. I think he's definitely a first-line center, but he just needs that one more guy. Whereas my number one, Trevor Zegras, I feel like he can be that guy to carry that line. Uh, 
although he's not great defensively, which we value heavily on this podcast, his offensive stats and his creativity and his playmaking is just insane. Uh, he's going to score 30 goals for pr- pretty much every single season for the rest of his career and uh, probably tally around 70 or 80 assists while doing it too. Right? I see this guy as a 100-point guy in the next couple oh, of years. Really? For sure, dude. I, I think the reason why his stats are so down is just because he plays on such an awful team. Like, they're going to get a high draft pick this year. Hopefully, it's Bedard. I, I really want to see those two together. Um, McTavish is only going to get better. Um, and all in all, they have a really young team. So, uh, with Zegras growing as a player and with the Ducks growing as a, as a franchise and an organization, I, I feel like it's just kind of like the perfect storm for him to be a 100-point player in the next three years. Well, I mean, you broke that down really well. I, I, I can't say, you know, you don't have a valid opinion. My order, my order was a little bit different. I mean, I actually had Boldy first, <laughs> which wow, might, be, really? might be a surprise, but I, wow. I'm a big, big fan of Boldy. I mean, the other night he had that hat trick, and all three of them were just absolute snipes. I mean, and you know, he he's the biggest of all these guys. Yep. I'm, I'm not. I, I, I'm actually, ironically. I think the NHL GMs undervalue smaller players. Like, you know, you've seen Caulfield fall to like 15th. He probably should have been a top five pick. Same can be said for like Stankoven and Lane Hudson, who I think yep. probably should have been first round picks the last couple of years. And they fell to the second round. And now they're looking like steals. It, 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 it'll, you know, we'll have to see how they translate to the NHL because they are like five foot eight. But I, I still think that if two players are as good as each other, I still think you take the guy with, better size right because for sure it, it still matters in some ways for sure right like it's just a bonus so and i think boldy is you know a better all-around player personally i i really value like all-around play not just like a one-dimensional type of player and that's why i have caulfield last <laughs> because I, and i mean all these the reason i chose these guys because they're so close right so it's not it's not like one and four is a huge difference like they're all pretty much neck and neck it's really hard but i just think caulfield is a very one-dimensional player you know like he's really ineffective defensively and he doesn't you know he's not a great playmaker he's pretty much just a complete finisher right he's probably gonna get 40 goals a year but he's probably not even gonna get 90 points i don't think because he just he, he doesn't pass as much you know like it's not that he doesn't pass he just doesn't he's not as good of a playmaker and at number two, I have Zegers, and three, I have Beniers. They're pretty much neck and neck. If if this were to be like a, who would you rather start your franchise with? I think I would pick Beniers first. I just I, I I'm really high on Beniers. I think his defensive game is really underrated. I think he could be like a Jonathan Taves type player, not as good as prime Taves, but I think he could be like a franchise number one center, and just with just with a really good all around game, better than Zegers. So that's why I would go with Beniers if I was like starting a franchise, but as of now, I would go in the order I said with Boldy first. No, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think it's important with all of these lists, like they're all great players. So uh, if we have a guy for us, it doesn't mean that we don't like him. It's just that compared to the other guys, right? So it's all relative, but um, now we're going to go on to my, uh, my list for current forwards. Uh, I got a, who would you rather between uh, some older guys compared to our last list? Uh, I got Zach Hyman, Jonathan Huberto, Bo Horvat, or Tim Stutzla. Yeah, I feel like there's one guy that really sticks out here. I think the other three were really close. But at number one, I have Jonathan Huberto. 
Uh, well, okay, clearly. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Clearly, you're surprised at that, but I just, I, I value three-year sample sizes a lot. You know, we've talked about sample sizes a lot before, like when we made our top 10 lists, how we didn't have guys like Tage Thompson, you know, as a top Jack 10 center, you know? And it's it's similar with Huberto, where he's having a down year. But I mean, last year you could argue that he was a top ten winger, right? So I just think, yeah, he's having a pretty big down year, but he's still, it's it's not like he's terrible. And I just think he's he's having a hard time fitting in in Sutter's system, right? Like, sure. and, I, and I do think he des- he deserves a knock from that because I think you, you look at guys like Goudreau who was able to figure that system out with Sutter, but I just think that you know a lot of Sutter's decisions this year haven't been great, and I think. Huberto's been, you know, it's been hurting his game in that way. But I still think on a three-year sample, he is he has to be the best player out of these guys. Yeah, like Huberto is definitely a, a great player, and I, I can't knock that. But just speaking of Daryl Sutter, I've heard a lot of rumors, and I don't want to reveal my source because nothing is 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 uh, is official. But uh, I, I know someone who is who's talked to uh, Travis Green, and uh, they they have some some kind of relationship with them. Um, and there's some rumors that he's going to be taking over the job from, uh, from Dale Sutter here soon. So the former Canucks coach could be going to the flames, uh, which I think would be good for Huberto. So that's, that's something that we can't rely on at all, but uh, you know, maybe some elbows up breaking news. Yeah, wow. Travis Green to the flames. The breaking news. You hear it here first on the elbows up podcast. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's hard to say that that would be pretty cool if that ended up becoming true. You have to keep that source quiet for the future. For sure. but yeah, I really think that Sutter is hasn't been great this year. Like, I think it's similar to Mike Sullivan on the Penguins. It's weird how they've kind of went from, I think, some of the best coaches in the league last year to almost some of the worst. Like, some of the decisions they've been making, I just think they're, I almost think that they're too old school. Like, they're they're too like. And not even like in a coaching system, old school way, like, but like they're almost too loyal, if you know what I mean. Like, they, they kind of they pick their guys and they run with them. Like, you look at Sullivan with Brian Dumoulin. Dumoulin's been having a really pretty much bad year, to put it bluntly, you know, and he's still been playing top pair minutes alongside Chris Letang all year. And it, it just like everybody was noticing how much of a liability Dumoulin has been from the fans to like the reporters in Pittsburgh. And they were even asking questions and Sullivan was getting frustrated with it. (laughs) But, and the same can be said for Sutter with Jacob Markstrom. Like it just seems like he just picked his guy from the start of the year. He's like, yeah, Markstrom's our guy. Even if he has an 890 save percentage, like he pretty much does. He's having a really bad year as well. And it's just, it's almost frustrating because they got the best goalie outside the NHL and Dustin Wolf sitting in the minors. He's got like a 932 save percentage in like a hundred career games in the AHL. It's unbelievable. He, he's, I think he's by far the best goalie outside the NHL right now. And it's like, it's sitting right there. Like it's, it's like, it's so obvious. Like the flames have had terrible goaltending all year. They're outside the playoffs because of it. To be honest, I mean, goaltending for them has been their biggest weakness, and that's the reason they're out of the playoffs. If only they had a goalie, the best goalie outside the NHL, in their system. Oh wait, sure. they do. Why? Why? Like, why don't they call up Dustin Wolf? Like, uh, it, it's frustrating. So I just think Sutter and Sullivan's decisions are comparable, and that's why, like, they just haven't had very good seasons coaching wise. 
but anyways, not to get too sidetracked here, we'll, we'll get back into the who's your other list. Uh, like I said, I had Hubert a one, and next up I have Zach Hyman, second. He's having a pretty big breakout year. I think, you know, his numbers are definitely inflated, obviously, from playing on that the best power play of all time, to be honest, with yeah. McDavid and his right side on. But I, he, he's still just such a good all-around player. I know you're a big fan of him. You know, just work ethic and everything. He, he's kind of like a great model of type player like just you want you want to play like that guy you know what i mean you you want to like every team needs that kind exactly like he, he's the hardest worker out there but uh mo- moving on to my number three and number four honestly these guys pretty much neck and neck i have tim stutzla and then bohorv at fourth so like i said they're they're neck and neck but i think they're both good players i mean they're like, they're pretty much top line centers just below that maybe but i think the reason I put Stutzla first is because he's going to be better than this next year, right? Like he's he's only going to get better. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and that's something that I really thought of making when making my list was um, if if I was a GM and we had a fantasy draft like NHL twenty three, if these four players were on the board, who am I taking first? So uh, I, I think you're going to see that a lot in my list, which is it, is some similarities, but definitely a lot of differences uh, how you rank those guys. But uh, number four, I also have Bo Horvat. Uh, we've talked about the guy so much in the past, and uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to touch too much on him. But um, yeah, having a career year, great for him. Uh, but compared to the other guys, he's number four. Yeah, I, I think what I said around the trade deadline is aging pretty well. Just like for as sure. far as it's probably not the best idea to trade for a guy having a career year and then sign him immediately. Also after a career year, right? Because you're probably going to give up too much trade for him which they probably did and then you're probably going to pay him too much on a contract pay him more than what he's worth and you can already see that like i said you can't shoot 25 percent all year right so he's been in a really big scoring slump with the islanders i, I think he's not even like half a point a game with the islanders this year so he's, he's been really struggling and th- that's why i just didn't think it was a great idea but you know he could bounce back next year yeah like uh, as lou said too many years too much money but uh, for number three, I actually have Jonathan Huberto. This was number wow. one on your list, so I, I was kind of surprised to hear that. But uh, although you got a sample uh, the last three seasons, like we like we always do, Huberto was great last year. He had over 100 points, at like 113 points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I don't see him ever getting back to that spot if the Flames can't acquire a goal scorer similar to Barkov. Like Lindholm's great, and if they bring in a new coach maybe Travis Green, uh, that's going to help him, obviously. But for how much this guy passes a puck, he needs an elite goal scorer to be on his line, and the Flames just don't have that. So as of now, I, I don't think Huberto is ever going to you know, reach that 90-point mark again unless something can uh, something can happen. And But um, going on to my number two, I also got Zach Hyman. Uh I love Zach Hyman. I think every single team in the world needs a guy like Zach Hyman on their team. Uh, he can score. He's he's creative. He can play make. Uh, he lays a body. He fights occasionally. And probably the best part about him is how good he is defensively, like on the penalty kill and just blocking shots, doing all the little things right. Uh, he, he he doesn't do anything bad in in the game of hockey. So there's there's no reason why uh, Hyman isn't a, a player that every GM should want. And there's a reason why uh, the Oilers signed him for so long and for so much. But going on to my number one, I got Tim Stutzla. Uh, 
I think compared to those other guys, his point production is the same. And he's like eight years younger than all of them, right? So, uh, and not to mention, he's also playing on probably the worst team out of all of them. Uh, he doesn't have a McDavid or a Dreisaitl. He doesn't uh, have the depth of the Flames. And uh, the Islanders are another great team too. So he's putting up the similar amount of points. He's eight years, eight years younger. And he's also kind of carrying that team, right? So uh, if I were to start a franchise, I would definitely pick uh, Tim Stewart's lot of those four guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of rank these based off how they how good they are right now, in my opinion. But like, if I were sure. to start a franchise, I'm definitely taking Stutzla, or Stutzla, however you pronounce it. I'm definitely taking him, obviously, over these guys. I think he's probably having the best year out of these guys, too, like like just this year alone. But like I said, I mean, I, I, mean, I think Huberto's three-year points per game is still better than Stutzla's points per game this year alone. So, so that's kind of why I have... Oh yeah, that's fair. First, just because I, yeah, yeah, I value three-year sample. All right. So after ranking those uh, eight forwards combined, uh, I think we're just gonna cut it there. We're kind of running along on time, and uh, so I think we're just gonna end it there. Um, if you want to see a Would You Rather again, uh, we'll do our defenseman list. This is episodes that we really enjoy making and just having a discussion about, and uh, and like we've seen from the past couple episodes, it's a good discussion comes out of just. Uh, simple rankings like this so uh, it's definitely something we're going to do more and uh, probably even more in the off season when when there's no hockey to to talk about or to watch so um, yeah let's just leave it there yeah I like doing this who would you rather so I hope that the listeners like it too at some point we might you know on our Instagram put up a poll or something or like a questionnaire and be like hey give us a few guys to do who would you rather on it so we might you know let the listeners in on this and you guys can send us a list for next time yeah and if there's any other ideas uh whether it's episode suggestions or just ways how uh listeners want to get involved definitely just dm us on instagram at elbows.up.podcast uh give us a follow over there uh we're we're more than happy to listen to everyone's opinion so uh but with all that being said Uh, I think we're going to end out this episode. So thanks for listening. Have a good one.